This episode of the podcast is brought to you by staring at a solar eclipse and going blind so you have an excuse to call out of work. So one day he asked the princess, point blank, Ich bitte euch, ratet mir was besser ist. Reden oder sterben. Is it better to speak or to die? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast. The only podcast that had sex with a peach? Oh, I was hoping you'd use that one. Man, (laughs) I'm going to use that. That's Uh, pretty good. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. (laughs) Today we are discussing Call Me By Your Name. Mm -hmm. So actually, I'm Zach. I'm Frank. And today we're discussing Call Me By Your Name. Well, wouldn't it be that like I just say Frank? Right, yeah. Anytime you're talking to me, you you would refer to me as Frank and I'll... No, no. No, You'll you'll call me Zach. I say Zach. Zach, This isn't as easy as it it seems. The movie made it look so simple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway... Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think, roughly? Give me a... Because um, I, I chose this movie on purpose because... My homosexuality? No, because... <laughs> um, because it's not an easy movie, mm-hmm. and it's kind of boring. Yeah, so I, I wanted to kind of touch on... There's a couple of things that I want to touch on first, um, but I I, I want to give the rundown really quick. So we can just like I'm sick go and tired of giving the fucking rundown. I'll go. You do the rundown. All right. Uh, no, wait, no, but this is my thing. Please, <laughs> I need this. <laughs> so, Call Me By Your Name came out in 2017, directed by Luca Guardiano. Nope. Luca Guardiano? <laughs> sure. All right. Not going to happen today. Uh, you have Timothy Charlemagne in it, who plays Elio. You have Army Hammer, who plays Oliver. You have Michael Stolberg, who plays the father, Mr. Perlman. Amiria Cesar, who plays Mrs. Perlman. And then I guess you can throw in Esther Gorell, who plays Marzia, who yeah. is kind of Elio's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's the main cast for it. Yeah. And uh, this is a movie that takes place in like the 80s, and they're in mm-hmm. Italy. And uh, basically, long story short, a romance kind of blossoms between like a 17 year old and like an older kind of man who's hired by his father's research. Mm-hmm. I guess he's kind of like hired as like a research assistant. Um, yeah, they didn't explain no. anything until like the last 20 minutes. And yeah. that's where like I kind of found myself confused the entire time. Yeah. Um, just because I was like, well, why is Oliver here? Like, because from context clues, you can kind of be like, oh, he's he's like you know, studying abroad or something like that, or he works for, like, the research team that, like, Mr. Perlman is doing everything for, because it seems like he's an archaeologist. Yeah. And I was just like, so, like, he can just, like, move in for, like, the summer? <laughs> like, who is he? Like, <laughs> And this happens, like, every summer? Yeah, they, they always, he always has, like, a different assistant, it seems. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to... I think the flaws of this movie which you're going to point out and I'll agree that mm. in, in, in that there are definitely like flaws but going back and watching and watch, I've I've seen this movie a good a good handful of times mm-hmm. and I think like you're right like there it's not I wouldn't even necessarily say necessarily call this a very well-paced movie. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily call this movie um it's it's borderline kind of boring in a way. Yeah. There is no climax. No, there there isn't really a climax. There's really not a payoff because yeah, there's things, no issues there's, really. There, right. There, there's no really like inciting incidents, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once you get to the end of the movie, and then and then you're just kind of like 
sitting back and you're watching it or you're thinking about it, you're like, I don't know, for me, all of it is worth it. So the ending we'll get to towards the end, like that I think has like the payoff to it. I want to address the elephant in the room though. Oliver is much older. Yeah. Oh yeah. Much older. Yeah. I mean, like, Army Hammer like is not portraying. He's not supposed. It's not supposed to be Timothy Chalamet. Is this seventeen, eight year old kid? And Army Hammer is supposed to be like a twenty one year old. Like Army yeah. Hammer, in reality, is whatever, probably like thirty something, and so, is and is playing like a thirty something year old. So I I looked because like Army Hammer is thirty five, and yeah. Timothy Chalamet at this point is twenty five, and this came out in two thousand seventeen. So at the time, Timothy Charlemay was twenty one, and Army Hammer was like, uh, what twenty? Math. Yeah, twenty nine. Um, so he's, he's like Timothy Charlemay is portraying a seventeen year old. Yeah, and Army Hammer is definitely like late twenties. Yeah, and to me, I was just like, this is just odd for that reason because yeah, it's like it's that forbidden love yeah right like, the, the first the first time i watched it too it, it would also i was it was a little jarring mm-hmm. um i feel like if army hammer was like portraying like or if they got somebody that was like closer to the age i'd be like perfect like this is this is fine but to yeah. me like it just made it a little weird yeah because it's like there is such a huge age yeah, gap. There, there, there's definitely a big age gap mm-hmm. for sure um what else um yeah, like the pacing. Yeah, honestly, like because I'm I'm kind of like going through it the entire time, and like they're they're making this like this secret kind of love. Like you get to about an hour in when they finally first kiss, when they're at like the really cool like Riverside area. Yeah, and they decide like, okay, no, like we we can't do this. Like this shouldn't be a thing. And I'm kind of waiting because it's like I'm I'm imagining that we're gonna get to a point where. They're just going to say, fuck it, let's just, like, be together. And I would imagine then that, like, the mom and the dad have an issue with it. And it seems like towards the end, they kind of knew all along and were okay with it. Yeah, they do it. They were. And I'm, I'm kind of like, really? Like, yeah, no, there's no, there, the, that, that is the, old, that is one thing that I will say. And because that could have been, like, a cool conflict. Well, right. Of, that, like, the dad kicking him out and then it's like. You almost have a Romeo and Juliet type situation. Yeah, I agree. I, I that is my only major my the pacing. Mm-hmm. Although I, I realize is boring, but I, I also I enjoy it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it for what it, in like my opinion, like what it kind of like represents and what it does. Um, but I think that the, I like the whole. There's no conflict. Is one of my major issues with it is yeah. that you don't you have all these characters that just simply don't have any type of problems Mm -hmm. like everything is very loving and accepting the family which is nice to see yeah but also it just makes it where like we need to have uh, in my opinion a few more instances and where they have some type of struggle even so like after when like because you have like the few scenes of elio and marzia who like kind of end up like being together and liking each other and like they they kind of like lose their virginity to each other and then, like, she shows up and is just like, well, you disappeared for, like, three days. And he kind of gives, like, the lame excuse of, like, oh, well, you know, I was busy. Yeah. And she's like, are we together? And he just kind of, like, looks and is like, eh? Yeah. And she rides away on the bike crying. And then later on, you're just sort of like, hey, how you doing? So, like, I just, I want to be friends. Like, no hard feelings. And it's like, not even that was a conflict. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you, you kind of, like, set it up where it's like these two could have been together and... 
you could have had like the conflict at least from there. Mm-hmm. Um, even so, at the end, when like you know it's winter time now, and Elio gets the call from Oliver saying like, "Hey, I'm getting married to a woman." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, d- did they say? Yeah, a woman? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So like, even with that, it's it's like there's no conflict with it. Like there, like it's just like, hey, we haven't seen you in like six months and like all of a sudden you're getting married and it's just like oh hey good for you yeah and like you get that payoff at the end but like again like there's really no rhyme or reason for it other than just to kind of like have that last blow well i disagree that there's no rhyme or reason i think that it all i think that there is a purpose of of it Mm -hmm. but i agree with you like i said with like the fact that these characters don't have really any major conflicts uh, of like going through like the trials and tribulations of of like them being homosexuals or bisexual or just mm-hmm. whatever that whatever they um whatever they are i agree with that mm-hmm. but i disagree with that there's no that there's that there's no rhyme or reason but i want we'll, we'll get back to that because yeah. that's more towards the end um anything else that you have issues with or the, was is your main things your the conflict and the pacing kind of? Um, the only other cool, like the only other thing that like I have like a small issue with was that the dad was like so, like not relevant for most of the movie, and then at the very end has this incredible yeah, speech. He does, <laughs> and it just seems so out of place. Where it's like when he's talking to Elio about like the friendship and the bond that he had with Oliver, and it's like. Dude, like, you didn't say anything for the entire movie, and now all of a sudden you have this incredible five-minute speech <laughs> about, like, what great bonds you had. Yeah. I don't know. That just felt out of place for me. Okay. Even though I loved it. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Um, I agree. So, I, I think that uh, now I do want to get though into, like, the pros, because I, I do mm-hmm. think that the pros outweigh the cons of this film, I, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of going back and forth while watching it. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I loved about this film was it's set in like the 1980s and this feels like what a vacation used to be. Yeah. The one thing that I loved was that like the like, the one thing that I really noticed was like, wow, nobody has cell phones. No. Everybody generally like the only real technology is like Elio's little uh like cassette player. that he Yeah. Uses. And that's it. Generally, everything else, everybody's just with each other, mm-hmm. having conversations at the dinner table, listening to Elio play the piano, going out in town, just it, just living. Yeah. And it's just really, it was really nice to mm-hmm. like just actually like feel like, like the way that like Italy is portrayed in this, I think is done very, very well. Like, yeah, like you, I'm jealous yeah, that yeah, I'm not there. Right? Because like <laughs> the way that they frame Italy, like the, the locations in this film are shot so beautifully mm-hmm. that you really feel like you, like you said, like you're, you're really there with them on vacation. Yeah. Like one of my favorite shots was when Elio and Oliver, Oliver go to town and he gets like the pack of cigarettes and you have like this open wide shot with like the tree in the background and the wind is blowing yeah. it a little bit and they're just standing there like smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nobody around. Like this is just so quaint and nice. And this was what to me like vacations used to feel like where it's like, you know, you go with friends and family and like you just sit around and you like just do things together. Right. And I think that while yes 
you kind of feel slightly bored. That's one of the also at the same time, it paints a really good picture mm-hmm. of you have these characters just existing. Yes. Not, not necessarily doing anything particularly interesting or even necessarily that is thickening the plot of it. It's just you have shots of them just swimming in a mm-hmm. lake or, you know, Elio writing notes for, for on his music or reading a book or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And it's just simply there because you're with them. Yeah. I mean, even too, like, while it is, like, slightly weird with the age difference between Oliver and Elio, like, the whole thing, too, of, like, vacations is discovering yourself and finding, like, that summer romance. Yeah. And that was portrayed really well for this film, where it's, like, you have Elio kind of discovering, like, who he is as a person and, like, sexuality-wise. Yep. And then you have Oliver, who's, like, much older but still kind of like you know having those summer flings and like desires yeah exactly i mean he's a single man that he and he comes to italy and exactly i mean it's just it's it's a it's the summer and it's what like what you would imagine the summer in the 80s really is like it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like a no holds bar kind of like hey these next three months are kind of just off the cuff like we're just going to do whatever we want to do yeah and whatever happens happens and i don't know like there's something just so like charming about that and i think that i think that this movie captures that very very well yeah like i really felt that this movie was just like wholesome and like i was smiling most of the movie because i'm just like wow this is just so nice (laughs) yeah like when when everybody's just riding bikes through town i'm like fuck i want to just ride a bike in italy yeah you're right and and that 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 definitely you know it really makes you feel like you are there with them the way that they film this i mean the way that shots just end Mm mm-hmm like sometimes it almost feels like right in the middle of a sentence or right as somebody's about to say something or right as they're about to do an action, it just cuts to like a next scene. And it's just so like, like in the blink of an eye, that's over and now we're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's why like, you know, the course of the three months felt like it was like a week Yeah, because of that. And and it was really cool because it's like, you know, a lot of the times when you're having fun on vacation and you're out for like, you're on a destination vacation, like, it feels like it just goes, it just like goes that. by so fast. And a, a thing that I picked up too, I don't know if you did, like a very, very subtle thing that I really enjoyed was obviously like the music is fantastic in this film. Like just that classical like brings you back to like old school Italy. Yeah. And you have like these shots where it's like Elio doesn't have his headphones in and classical music is just playing. Yeah. And he kind of feels like at peace. And then Oliver walks in and it suddenly yeah. stops. Yeah. And it's it just, like just disrupts his entire like yes. his, his and it, uh, it, it makes him kind of like confused of like, OK, what to do next? Yeah. And I thought that that was like, oh, I don't know if that was on purpose or not. I think there's a lot of things in this movie that make me go like, was this done on purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get to like, I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know if you noticed the amount of flies that were in the in the movie. Yeah. Um, I want to get to that. Something else that I thought was really interesting and was kind of uh, just different was the sound design in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if you remember, like early on in the movie, they're sit like Oliver and uh, Elio are sitting down at like a little like table, and their cars are driving by, 
and the cars are like loud mm-hmm. and Timothy Chalamet and or like, you know, Elio and Oliver have to like kind of raise their voices and like talk louder to over, you know, to, to, to speak to each other over the, the vehicles. And like that just never happens in movies. Yeah. Like they like in, in the sound mix, they always like muffle the cars. Mm-hmm. So like you can just hear the, the two like leads talking and in this movie. The cars are loud, mm-hmm. and they leave them loud, and you have your characters kind of shouting over the cars. Again, just like another element of like realism, un- untraditional filmmaking. Yeah, and then even too like that, like I thought it was weird, like the infrared like flashbacks towards the end, mm-hmm. where it's just like for maybe like three seconds, it's just like this this crazy like ultra red like hot flashbacks yeah but it's all of like the points where oliver and Elia were together yeah and it, it was cool because it's like it fell out of place but it also was kind of like you know this was when like their relationship was red hot yeah 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 i agree um i also really enjoy just the the, the way that the movie looks it feels like it was shot on film. I don't mm-hmm. know if it actually was. I don't know if it was digital or if it was actual film. I but it feels hope it like was shot film. on film. It feels like, like film. There's grain to the mm-hmm. to the scenes. Everything just looks really, really nice. the The set designs are beautiful. The lighting in the film is so good. Did this win anything? Like, was this <clears> even like nominated? Yeah, yeah. At I know. I, like... I know it won like best best adapted screenplay. Okay. Um, I don't know if I don't think it won best picture though. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty. I'm not sure if this movie came out the same year as Moonlight came out, or if Moonlight came out a year before, because I know Moonlight won. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't remember if it was Moonlight and then this movie came out, or if they if these came out in the in the same year or not. But I'm, I'm almost positive that Call Me by Your Name won Best Adapted Screenplay. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed just like the overall like aesthetic and look of the movie. Um, I also think that that like the whole i think that like the exploration of of elio's sexuality is done in a very realistic mm-hmm. and strange way yeah like even we joked with it like the peach thing yeah like that is something that teenagers would probably think of right and for him to kind of like go about that and for them to show it it's like okay showing what probably everybody has at least in their mind gone through right of like trying to develop like their sexuality and even to like you know every every movie that we have timothy charlamagne in where he has sex he lasts only like 12 seconds (laughs) and i don't know if that's just like just to be like hey fuck you you're still young in the business (laughs) but um but even that was kind of cool where it's showing the reality of him and Marzia's first time and him only lasting like a second because it's like, oh, man, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And it brings that realism, like you said, to it. Yeah. I mean, they even like even the sex is like dirty mm-hmm. and like kind of nasty. But I mean, that's what sex is mm-hmm. like when when Oliver and Elio have sex for the first time. I mean. I mean, we can make the joke that Army really dropped the hammer on him, but ah. uh, <laughs> but like he gets he, Oliver like lays up and he's got like the semen on his chest and he just like wipes it off with like a shirt and just throws it on the floor and then Elio picks it up and like he's like I want to keep this shirt mm-hmm. like it's gross but like when you're comfortable with somebody that stuff doesn't really bother you. It's weird to watch it in the movie, but like mm-hmm. if you take yourself out of that and you put yourself in the shoes of like being just so comfortable with somebody like you realize that like you're probably just like this yeah even like later on when they go away together before 
Oliver leaves and Elio throws up and then right afterwards they're making out together. Yeah. And it's like that happens. <laughs> like when you really care about somebody like that, like you don't care that their breath smells like puke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so I, I agree. I, I look, I understand that like, I will. I don't say. I don't think it's a perfect film, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a very, very good movie. And yeah, and, I, uh, and I will say that for the flaws and most of the flaws that you've mentioned, I, I those are kind of some of the reasons why I actually enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I I want to talk to like the ending. Yeah, because so, I I really think the ending is kind of like the perfect way to finish this movie, right? In a sense, because. Not a lot of films do it anymore where it's like, you know, they keep the camera rolling and have the credits going at the same time. I mean, having Timothy Chalamet literally act through the entire credits, mm-hmm. like... And just kind of, like, <laughs> sobbing and being there. Yeah. And you feel, like, this raw emotion of him just, like, knowing that it's fully over and kind of like coping with it like being okay with it by the end and you see him go through a full like within those five minutes of the credits rolling like this this full emotional circle yeah and like that kind of brings me back to like what i said about like the flies because there's so many flies in this movie and Mm -hmm. in that last scene there's the fly Mm -hmm. and again like this could just be me like looking into it too much or whatever but i mean like i look i sit there and i think like okay Yes, they're in Italy. They're surrounded by a lot of fruit. There could be just that that simple fact that that is what it is, right? There's mm-hmm. just a lot of flies because it's really, really hot and there's a lot of fruit. But if you look at it from like a film analysis standpoint and possibly like somebody like us who like is trying to like analyze everything about a movie, I mean, I now sit and think like, okay, what could those flies possibly represent? And it's like, okay, what is a fly's life, mm-hmm. right? Like a fly, a, a fruit fly is like roughly has like a 24 hour lifespan. Right. And, uh, that's kind of representing of like their entire summer. Like Mm -hmm. it's this thing that is like, it's happening and it's all going to happen really, really fast. And then it's just going to be over. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of what the flies represent. And in, you know, conjunction with, uh, their relationship with one another is like, you know, that is, it, it happened it was kind of a beautiful thing and now it's over and you're not really going to get it back. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think there's something really like beautiful about that. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful movie, but I mean, again, at the same time as a movie standpoint, like we mentioned, it's kind of boring Yeah, and it's not going to be a movie for everybody. But like, if you can go in and you just want to like basically witness somebody's summer unfold. Yeah. This is an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And for that, I will give it seven and a half peaches. All right. All right. It's a little bit on the lower side, but like that's just because as a movie standpoint. Yeah, I, I understand. I also think there's like a lot of likes. Like they kept remember when um when Oliver and the and the father are are like talking about like the origin of apricot. Yes. And they just keep saying cock. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, like this is a little on the nose, but like I understand what you're saying because like then it's like, okay, they keep referencing like mm-hmm. apricot, 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 this, apricot, that. Yeah. It just sounds like cock. Yeah. And then he's just like, man, can I have some apricot juice? And he's like just drinking so <laughs> much apricot it. juice. And it's like, okay, like. Even so, it's like you could, like, you have the whole thing of like, oh, them finding the arm in the ocean. Yeah. It's like you can't elaborate more on like what they're doing here. <laughs> like, splice that in a little bit <laughs> but uh, whatever um frank you got anything to recommend yeah i do um so i 
was recently introduced to another podcast mm. called uh, what is it called? Oh, it's called Scared to Death. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be. I feel like I've been recommending like scary things. And I should be holding these up for like our our October season, but yeah. I don't care. Screw it. Um, so Scared to Death is is a is a podcast about scary stories, mm-hmm. basically. Sometimes they're like fictional. Sometimes they're like fairy tales. Sometimes they're real. Sometimes they're actual stories that happened in real life, whether that be things of the supernatural, murderers, serial killers, or just like I said, like folk tales, folklores, whatever it may be. So it's this guy and his wife. It's Dan Cummins, that guy. He I I recommended another one of his podcasts. Um, This one's a lot more. I find this one a little bit more enjoyable only on the on the basis of like Dan Cummings is not nearly as annoying in this one. He's not <laughs> screaming and yelling and doing stupid like characters. Mm-hmm. He's just actually for the most part, like telling these very long elaborate stories. And then his wife is there listening. So he normally tells like two stories per episode. And then she does like fans, fan stories. So people who people submit their oh, stories cool. and then like their personal things like that have happened. And then they just, they just kind of like talk about it. Um, and the stories are crazy. I mean, there's the one I listened to was, a, and this is real. Like this mm-hmm. was a real thing about a uh, a woman who was murdered, and I don't want to get too much into it. But basically, some paranormal stuff happens, mm-hmm. and this woman who was murdered solves her own murder case. Ah, and it's. Very, very interesting and really, really crazy to hear. Like, is this did this really happen? Is this mm-hmm. actually true? And then you look it up and you're like, there's like actual court. Like, this is like real. Like, this is like absolutely <laughs> like yes, this happened. Um, and then it's just it's just really interesting. And it, and it, I don't know, like stuff like stuff like that. I really enjoy. So I enjoy like the the darker, you know, freakier stuff. So yeah, which is always cool. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's worth if you're into like scary things and you like hearing scary stories then uh, i recommend it so cool. that's it zach you want to end this podcast and go upstairs and have sex with a peach or oh, what are yeah, we doing sure. yeah, what are, can i keep your shirt <laughs> <laughs> all right zach uh, what are we doing next uh so for a movie discussion i want to do what makes a good action movie mm-hmm. cool all right take us out all right guys thanks for listening now frank because i wanted you to know <laughs>